this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonix.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonix.com to get started now. This is Not Straight Cast with Jason Bailey and Joe Prynock. Welcome to Not Straight Cast, number 10 for May 6th, 2021. We're the show that gives you the news and views from a Not Straight perspective. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. Welcome to our, what is this, our 10th episode? Yeah, 10th episode. Wow. Yeah. It's, diff- it's difficult to believe that uh, that we've done 10 of these and an extra cast. It feels like we just started. Right? Yeah, and we're doing all these uh, shows, and who knows, we're probably going to do more shows just to fit everything in that's going on with our godforsaken lives. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. So how are you, Joe? I'm doing fine. I did not get nearly as uh, hammered as everybody else did last night, <laughs> which we're going to talk about right now. Yeah, it was a little bit of a uh, little bit of a crazy night. You know, to me, the night scream drama. As soon as I walked in the bar. Oh, really? Yeah, we were talking about somebody. We won't mention their name. And okay. it just happens that, you know, it, I found out that you and I both have history with this person. I didn't know about this. And, yes, you know, I didn't realize how far the history went and everything there. And uh, whenever uh, I walked into the bar, guess who I saw? Yeah, uh, not not just once, but twice at two different bars. Exactly. When they said, oh, we're leaving, we're going home, we have a two-hour trip home, and then next thing we know, we go to another bar, and bam. Yeah. They're at and that you know, other bar, and they're really plastered, and yeah. they have a two-hour trip home, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Anyways, on top of that, too, there, uh, we um, had talked in the past about two different people. We talked about Long Hair Guy, which we talked about on our extra cast, and we talked about Leather Guy, who we hung out with last night. Right. Anyways, um... Yeah, long hair guy tr- treated me like minced meat last night. I thought I was looking pretty cute. I got my hair cut, you know, my beard all trimmed up there. My face was clear from any blemishes, you know. It was like I was having a good night looks-wise, you know. 
Yeah, looks and confidence and, yeah. and feeling good about yourself and wanting to go out and potentially hopefully see that person. And I probably cannot get laid if my life depended on it last night. It's just the way that night's going. And I think everybody can emphasize with that fact that, you know, you go out having a great day and then you go out to the bar and it's kind of like you're in a randy kind of mood and bam, yeah. it's kind of like reality hits you smack dab in the face there. And it's like, nope, not going to happen for you tonight. F you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've definitely felt that way. Yeah, I always hate when you have those kind of nights because, you know, it's like the day is going well, it's all going great. And then all of a sudden, you know, Crescendo's up to that, you know, point where it's like, wow, this is going to be a great night. And then, you know, shit just hits the fan. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been there. Yeah, I mean, because um, going back to Long Hair Guy, you were talking last week on the extra cast. It's like, oh, you know, it's like you literally had us sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. But I was like, no, I doubt that's going to happen because I'd mentioned something. And this is the problem with meeting people at bars. Yeah. You don't really know their true intentions. You don't know whether they're drunk or sober because you right. don't know them well enough to know how they act in real life. Sure. So, you know, I said to you, I was like, um, I think he may be a little drunk. Yeah. And, um, which I, I was not, proven not to, correct. Yeah. Not to interrupt, uh, but oh, no, just, just a reminder that this full conversation was had in our extra cast. So if you want to get all the details that, uh, uh, that you're not getting here, the context of this story a little bit more, all you have to do is subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month and you gain access to that extra cast. Uh, so anyway, go ahead and continue, Joe. I'm sorry. Well, really to make a long story short here, because we could go on for hours about this here. The best way I can explain what happened last night, it seemed like everybody was sober, very sober for the first three-fourths of it. Yeah. And then in the last one-fourth of it there, everybody was really drunk, except for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um so we hung out with Leather Guy, good right. friend of ours. Now, at this point, I mean, I've been friends with him for years. You just recently met him, but I mean, yeah, you're, I'm, you're kind I'm of becoming taking, part of that group. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking quite a liking to him. You know, whenever we first met him, I thought he was cute. Uh, but now I'm thinking that he would be like a great addition to have as like a friend. Because uh, he was a lot of fun uh, and very comfortable to be around last night. Well, okay, so... Basically, again, to make a long story short, Leather Guy was making out with acquaintance of mine, Target Guy, which I've known since I was in my late teens. Yeah. Drinking coffee at an eating park in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Nice. We tolerate each other, basically. We're not big fans of each other. Okay. But we don't hate each other either. You know, it's kind of like we see each other out, we say hi, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So we were kind of like that even when we were in Greensburg. You know, it was really odd. Yeah. Yeah. The problem was is that living in Greensburg, you didn't have many choices as to who to hang out with because it was a much smaller city. So, anyways, maybe that's why we don't like each other that much because we were just overexposed to each other whenever we were younger. You know, so maybe, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so you kept buying everybody shots. That's always a bad thing. It was, yeah, because and that's that's an indication that I need to go home. Because you were like financially, you were trying to get these two the kiss or something. Well, they were making out, so you succeeded there. <laughs> but all of a sudden, at one point, you went from being fine to being like you know that look that people get whenever they're completely drunk. They're kind of like they're lost. Yep. 
you got that look and I'm like, oh shit. Well, so we were, uh, we were at a bar. Oh, I don't want to say the name of the bar because of what I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I watched the, the bartender pour like one of the last drinks before the fuzziness. I, I watched him, you know, pour the drink and it was like three quarters liquor and just like a splash of like diet Coke on top. And I'm pretty sure that was the way it was with everybody's drinks. So we all went from, well, I didn't go for a mixed drink. I had a Miller light. Actually, I had two Miller lights over the course of two hours. Okay. And then yeah. I had a, uh, then I had a Coke after that. So, yeah. But I, I think that the people that were drinking mixed drinks, I think that, uh, th- that, that took us from normal to very fuzzy very quickly. It took you from normal to very fuzzy very quickly. I knew I had the drive, so I was trying to yeah. pace myself according to the recommendations. So, <laughs> um, I, yeah, because, you know, like I said before, I was like, everybody was drunk except for me. So, right. The other guy said he was a little bit tipsy. I was like, you know what? I'm okay here. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so I, you know, we all decided, okay, it's time to go home. Mm-hmm. So, and since I drove, I, and you guys apparently live on the same street as each other. I, I found this out. So <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know this, huh? Well, We're very close I, to each other nonetheless. But anyways, I found so, a recording that I had sent to somebody in messenger of us apparently in a car wash. Well, I'm not going to play it because it's not very interesting. But, no, it's it's not very interesting. But but uh, here's but but no, I have to stop and say something. I meant to get my car washed before I came to pick you up, but I yeah. actually was running out of time, so I just picked you up, and I was like, I'll just do this later on, maybe tomorrow <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, I figured we're on our way back. We're passing it. Oh, maybe I should stop there. So I stopped there. Yeah. So I have two drunk people in my car or tipsy people. I'm kind of like, okay, you know, they'll deal with it. Yeah. Well, while we're getting the car washed, um, the part that you didn't record is that I had suggested, oh, maybe we should go to Ritter's, which is like a 24-hour greasy spoon Yeah. here in Pittsburgh. It's right by P-Town. And I was like, yeah, why don't we go there? And you were all for it. However, the other guy had to go to the church the next morning. <laughs> and he was kind of like, well, should we? Shouldn't we? I don't know. Yeah. I was kind of like, well, I was thinking to myself, and I was like, well, okay, I have food at home. I yeah. probably shouldn't go. And then, Jason, you just started screaming the word eggs. You're like, eggs, eggs. Well, that sounds like eggs. something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, too, you lost your phone twice. You lost it when you got in the car mm-hmm. when we left the second bar. Then you lost it when we got back to your place to drop you off. Well, thank God I found it. <laughs> so, yeah, but nonetheless, it was kind of like, you know, like when you kind of push something to the point, then it breaks. I feel like my going out point has been broken. So I need yeah, to go I'm, I'm step feeling, back a little bit. I'm feeling the same way. I'm going to go back to drinking decaf coffee at midnight and watching movies on my couch. Inviting the occasional fling over, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I rarely do that. I uh-huh. I get on Grinder all the time, I, and people chat with me. And but as soon as somebody's like, "Hey, do you do you want me to come over?" I make up some excuse as to why, like, "Oh man, if it were earlier, yeah, but I'm going to bed." I just I don't end up having anybody here. I'm too scared to invite 
complete strangers over to my apartment. Yeah. I'm afraid of being killed. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> no, a valid, it's, it's a valid yeah. concern. No, especially nowadays. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just like, okay, you know, you see all these news stories about, you know, people getting, you know, lured into something as they say, and then all of a sudden, bam. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're a statistic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, anyways, I figured um, today would be a good day to give you a survey here. And this okay. kind of has to do with, um, you know, you getting your second shot and me getting the second shot. Sure. So let me ask you a question here, and I'll read you the answers, and you just tell me which one you like better, okay? Okay. And then I'll tell you what your results are at the end. Sounds good. So first question is, did you get the COVID-19 vaccine? So A is yes, because I'm ready to get back out there and start partying again. Or B would be yes, because I'm haunted by the prospect of accidentally killing my parents or saddling my children with lifelong health complications. <laughs> so which well, one do you pick there? I did it for B. You did it for uh, B? Okay. But I was, I was happy to go back out and see people again afterwards. So but you choose B, right? Correct. Okay. Question number two, does your arm hurt? So A would be, yep, right where I get the shot. And B would be, yep, both arms, actually. A few days ago, I lifted something that weighed more than two pounds. <laughs> uh, well, A is not accurate. <laughs> so B. B. Yeah. Okay. Question number three, if you have a headache, is that unusual for you? A, yes, it's unusual. I rarely get headaches. Or B, I have continuously reoccurring headaches that I escape only in sleep. Unclear whether they're overlapping successive tension headaches or if it's because I've accumulated low-key addictions to so many substances that at any given moment I may be experiencing withdrawal symptoms from caffeine, ibuprofen, alcohol, and or sugar. We're going to go with A. We're going to go with A? Okay, yeah. You rarely get headaches? Okay. Correct. Question number four. You may be feeling fatigued. Not ordinary tiredness, but a profound, bone-deep weariness, like you're uh, clothed in a suit of uh, chainmail, or like the air suddenly becomes as heavy as a truck pressing you into your couch. Even to reach your arm towards the adult sippy cup on the coffee table to briefly wet your parched lips would take the concentrated effort of a thousand Hercules. When's the last time you felt this way? A. Never. Or B, at around 8.30 p.m. the night before I got the vaccine. And the night before that, around 8.30 p.m. 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 <laughs> we're we're going to go with A. A? Okay. Question number five. Are you experiencing muscle aches? A, yes, I'm so achy. Or B, yes, but to be fair, I think the literal definition of what muscles are. The achy things all over your body? Uh, B, I guess. Okay. Question number six. Are you experiencing unusual nausea? <laughs> A, yes. I only feel this nauseous from hangovers due to my awesome social life. Or B, I'm nauseous, but it could because I ate some fried food yesterday. Fried food upsets my stomach, so does spicy food, so does too much fiber, so does not enough fiber. So does fresh fruits, especially citrus. So does too much sugar, also artificial sugar. Also dairy upsets my stomach and tomatoes. But yeah, I'm experiencing nausea. Both of those are accurate. <laughs> right. Today specifically, both of those are accurate. Let's choose B. Okay. 
Okay, question number seven. Are you experiencing brain fog? A, yes. I just said, water, can you hand me my Dan? Which, of course, I meant, Dan, can you hand me my water? LOL. B, sure, but that could be because of my age. I'm, oh, wow, I always forget exactly how old I am. <laughs> Somewhere between 38 and like 56, I think. Let's see, my kid is like uh, eight, and we had her, I don't know, wait, was I 35 or 45? Shoot. I remember thinking the time I was too old to be having a kid, but who would have thought I was 35 or 45? Anyways, what was the question again? <laughs> so, B, but the funny thing B. about that is... It's a straight question. You know, I've, I've, I've raised... Uh, I spent time raising four children, and they're much older than eight. Okay. So, in this case here, then, so those seven questions... Here's the answer key. Mostly A's. You have mild side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine. They should subside within the next day or so. You, however, had mostly B's. So that means you've been alive for at least 40 years. Congratulations on getting the vaccine, which comes with a free 24-hour excuse for feeling like the complete fucking garbage you always do. (laughs) (laughs) The title of the quiz was Vaccine Side Effect or Have You Just Been Alive for 40 Years? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Yeah. Sad part is you're not even 40. <laughs> I, I will be. Right? And then I'll forget And then I'll forget that I am. Just wait. Yeah, I was even telling you there. I woke up woozy the past few days because I thought my um, CPAP mask was uh, screwing me up, and apparently it was because I adjusted it last night. I put it on differently. Slept like a baby and slept so much better. And, hey, who knew, you know, that something stupid like that would cause me to wake up woozy for the past few days. <laughs> But anyways, oh, yeah, we got some we're news we got to get to here, huh? We're so old, yeah. We are. All right. So let's get into uh, the news. Uh, Joe Biden struck a hopeful tone with his first address 100 days into his presidency, one certain to resonate with an America exhausted by the coronavirus pandemic, a shaken economy, and years of brittle partisanship. Uh, Among historic firsts in the address, two women stood behind the presidential podium on the dais for the first time. Uh, We have to mention this is the uh, historic joint session of Congress last Wednesday. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We missed that part there in the beginning. Sorry. That was my fault. Gotcha. I wrote it badly. So Kamala Harris and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi took their seats in two of the country's top decision-making roles. Uh, Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President Joe Biden said... No president has ever said those words from this podium, and it's about time. But after promoting his various blockbuster plans to reshape America to a room with more chairs than people, he took his address to where no U.S. president has done before. In a brief but impactful line, he recommitted his pledge to pass the Equality Act before saying to a standing ovation. I also hope Congress will get to my desk the Equality Act to protect LGBTQ Americans. For all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. The landmark legislation would extend civil rights protections to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in all 50 states. From housing to credit, the measure would unite America's patchwork problem of state-level discrimination protections that, at times, miss LGBT plus folk 
out completely. Passing the Equality Act within 100 days was a bright line for Joe Biden coming into the White House, and the House passed the law in February, but it has since been held up awaiting a vote in the Senate. Yeah, and trying to get things passed through the Senate nowadays is quite tough. It is. You know, you would... you would think that now that we've got sort of like a 50-50 thing going on, we could just take the majority with Kamala Harris, you know. But the problem is we have Joe Manchin from um, West Virginia. Yeah. And he's like a dino, you know, Democrat in name only. Yeah. Because he acts like a Republican. I mean, he's a very conservative Democrat is basically what it's boiled down to. Right. And so we have this situation where he pretty much seems to be the person who's gumming up the works. Right. And not allowing things to get through, you know, even with the last coronavirus bill that had to go through the the budget reconciliation process. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of like one of those people holding it up there. He was the person who was kind of gumming up the works for everybody else here to get things passed. And so having this delicate balance in the Senate mm-hmm. is really screwing a lot of things up for Biden to be able to get things passed faster. Because if the Democrats had at least just one more person, we wouldn't have to worry about Joe Manchin goofing everything else up. So, in fact, he's like become the new Mitch McConnell in a sense, where he's become the most important person in Congress, Uh, or you know, or in the Senate at the very least. Right. Yeah. So that's why things you know aren't passing as quickly as he would like. Yeah. They discovered, I guess, they can actually use that bill reconciliation process Mm -hmm. more times now, from what I understand. Oh, nice. what they thought they could do. So yeah. that's probably where this big infrastructure bill that's coming up is going to help, you know, how that's going to get passed and everything. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But nonetheless, for Joe to go and say that, you know, no president's ever said that before. And it's such a stark contrast to our last president. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just it's refreshing. It just it feels like we're back on a good path again. However, it seems like, though, things need to change in the general public because apparently there was a survey from uh, Ipsos in mm-hmm. collaboration with Thompson Reuters and the Williams Institute. Um, they found that an estimated 6% of all employees are LGBT, but more than 45% of all those employees, both LGBT and non-LGBT, report hearing anti-LGBT remarks in the workplace. Oh, wow. And also one in four employees report that LGBTQ people were treated unfairly in the workplace. So this survey also examined perceptions of uh, LGBTQ discrimination in various settings. The study looked at employees who work in the private sector and those who work in all levels of government. It assessed the attitudes of all Americans towards non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people. So almost one in four employees in all sectors report that LGBTQ people were treated unfairly in the workplace nationally. Uh, LGBTQ employees are twice as likely to feel that LGBTQ people are treated worse at work than non-LGBTQ employees. One-fourth of all Americans say that LGBTQ people are treated worse by law enforcement. Almost uh, 46% of LGBTQ people thought that they are treated worse by law enforcement across the nation compared to one-fourth of non-LGBTQ folks. Hmm. Uh, 17% of all Americans say that LGBTQ people were treated worse by healthcare providers. Almost one in three LGBTQ people feel similarly compared to 16%. Uh, nearly nine in 10 adult students report hearing anti-LGBT remarks. Approximately one third of all Americans think that LGBTQ people were treated worse in schools across the U.S. Almost six in 10 LGBT people believe that LGBTQ people were treated worse in schools nationally. Well, only 33% of non-LGBTQ people believe so. That's kind of a 
Crazy, huh? Listening to all those statistics there, it makes you feel sad, doesn't it? That there's still discrimination out there. Absolutely. Whenever I uh, was in school, and I'm sure when you were in school too, it was commonplace to call somebody gay or be called gay as like a slur. Oh yeah. Amongst amongst many other things, but in regards to specifically, well, you know what's sad is is that I didn't know I was gay back in high school. It was only after I got right out of high school that I figured that it all out. Yeah. I have videos of me saying gay and in the wrong way, you know, as to oh, say yeah. that something's gay, you know, as opposed to, you know, I'm gay. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Which I probably should have been saying because my life <laughs> a little easier than at that point, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but people in school, uh, LGBTQ people in school are being discriminated against. As a matter of fact, the next news story that I have here is that exact sort of thing. So basically, there's a gay teenager named Trevor Wilkinson, and he was suspended for wearing nail polish. And he challenged the uh, the Texas school board and uh, has won that fight. Uh, so to get into the story a little bit here, the Clyde High School senior, who is 17, received an indefinite in-school suspension in November of last year for breaking the school's dress code, which has been deemed homophobic and sexist. Uh, and that dress code prohibited nail polish, but for male students only. Boy, yeah, right there you could say that that's that's going to be a problem there. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, let's say you have somebody transgender, mm -hmm. but they're still recognized as a male because they're only 17. Right. Identified as a female. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be able to wear nail polish. Right. So right there, I can think of one example where that's a big problem. But thankfully, it's, this story has a pretty happy ending. Yeah. So Wilkinson started a petition against the code, which was signed by hundreds of thousands of people before taking his case to the school board. And now, months later, he has finally convinced the Clyde School Board to introduce a gender-neutral dress code. The board unanimously voted to bring in gender-neutral language into the school handbook, starting from the next academic year. So according to the uh, Abilene Reporter, the new code no longer mentions nail polish or makeup at all. And all other requirements will apply to all students, regardless of their gender. And the board members even included high school students in the drafting of the new code. And a week ago, Trevor Wilkinson shared photos of his senior prom on Instagram, where he wore a bow tie, braces, and nail polish. And by braces, we're talking about suspenders, <laughs> not, yeah. not like teeth braces. <laughs> yeah. Shining those pearly whites with those braces on, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So coming up next, we discuss how LGBT folks have been impacted by COVID-19, Manhattan decriminalizes sex work, an update on the LGBT free zone in Poland, and a substitute teacher gone awry in our moment of conclusion, as Not Straight Cast continues after this. Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store.
Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. We're in the second half of our show here. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Yes. So, in a case there where I managed to write every story that I have here today with the words LGBTQ in it multiple times, let's go on about this here. So, <laughs> another bit of depressing news here. A new report showed that LGBTQ folks were disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. So the Movement Advancement Project, which compiled the data presented, uh, the report based on polling data, shows that LGBTQ households, especially those headed by Black and Latinx LGBTQ people, experienced disproportionate negative impacts as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the report, it's called the Disproportionate Impacts of COVID-19 on LGBTQ Households in the U.S. So uh, these findings were... um, Representative of a uh, survey that was conducted by the Harvard uh, T.H. Chan School of Public Health, NPR, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. The report shows that as a direct result of the pandemic, LGBTQ households experienced higher rates of job losses, serious financial problems, uh, issues accessing health care, and increased challenges in navigating at-home learning for their children. The report notes that since the pandemic began, nearly two-thirds of LGBTQ folks and their families experienced a job loss compared to just under half of the uh, non-LGBTQ households. The reason why that is is that many LGBTQ people work in the restaurant and bar industries, retail and entertainment, all of which were jobs that were severely impacted by the shutdowns. So the numbers were worse for Latinx LGBTQ households. 71% of them experienced a loss of a job or other employment disruption. So um, they concluded since LGBTQ people have a high rate of employment discrimination overall, they may struggle to find new jobs as a result of these job losses. Two-thirds of LGBTQ households had at least one serious financial problem since the pandemic began, compared to less than half of the non-LGBTQ households. Nearly all black LGBTQ households and 70% of the Latinx LGBTQ households experienced at least one serious financial problem since the pandemic began. Oh, wow. So uh, most glaring of all these findings, which is very sad, is that nearly one in five LGBTQ households reported that they were not getting enough food to eat every day. Oh, damn. Compared to only 5% of non-LGBTQ households. So, um, yeah, they also had significant problems accessing health care. Twice as many LGBTQ households have been unable to get needed medical care or delayed getting medical care for a serious oh, wow. issue compared to 19%. Damn. Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about this. Um, 25% of LGBTQ households were unable to get prescription drugs or delayed wow. doing so. More than one in eight LGBTQ households have lost health coverage more than twice the rate. So, I mean, it's just yeah. um, incredible there. There's still a lot to do to get equality in these communities, especially the black and Latinx LGBTQ population. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this needs to change. I mean, us humans designed this life. How did we design this so people don't get enough food to eat? They don't get medication that they need. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's and, uh, you know we created a society and we built sidewalks and we formed like social norms, like you walk on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Um, and over time, there became an imbalance where you know people didn't have enough to eat people couldn't get medications it's just it's strange to think of how we ended up here right and i think that you're seeing now with all these uh places trying to hire people but people are rebelling 
against taking jobs because one, they're doing better on unemployment, mm-hmm. you know, in the benefits that the government's providing than what these jobs were providing. They're kind of like, you know what? Enough's enough now. Right. You need to either start paying me more or I'm just going to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing here because it's benefiting me. Right. Know? And it just brings up this bigger issue where, you know, pay needs increase. The minimum wage hasn't increased in years. Right. It's just absolutely nuts that we're getting to this point now where the rich are keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poor. And it's just become really bad now. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are also, you know, I see a lot of people talking about this. I don't want to take too much time on this, but about the unemployment right now. Yeah. I, I see a lot of arguments on Facebook and, you know, the usual stuff. People say the same verbiage that they've copied from somebody else or share the same meme. And a lot of people are talking about... um how I they don't want to go back to work uh, because the uh, the the rates are so low, or people don't want to go back to work because the the wages are so low. There's also another factor that I think people are not talking about. And uh, what would that be? When uh, the service industry closed and the fast food industry closed temporarily, not as long as the service industry, a lot of those workers went and found new, better-paying jobs and now are not coming back to uh, McDonald's because they got this clerk position at a hotel that pays $3 more per hour or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not all people who are milking unemployment. Some of those fast food workers and indus- service industry people went and found better jobs and left that industry. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't blame them at all there. You know, it's, yeah. kind of, it's really like, okay, what am I going to do now? Do I need to find something that's a little more stable? Yeah. That's probably what they've done. Yeah, Just go absolutely. Ahead and find a more stable job and start lifting themselves up, which is a great thing. Yeah. I work with, uh, and so do you yeah. work with people in the service industry and then the nightlife industry and, you know, things like that. And I chatted with a lot of those people during the pandemic, and uh, some of the businesses that I've helped lost people, lost employees while the business was closed because those employees went and found higher paying jobs that were still available and those businesses were still open. Absolutely. I mean, you can't blame them. You know, right. It's, it's one of those situations where you have you know, an extended job loss, how long am I going to be able to deal with this? I need right. to do something for myself and that's thus finding their job. Yeah. The other thing is there too, I think that helped matters out is that mm-hmm. a lot of work from home positions all of a sudden became available. Yes. Because some industries just, you know, continued on. Like mm-hmm. for example, what I do for my day job there didn't stop. You know, people still needed the products that we make there to eat food and do various, you know, normal things in their lives. You know, it was a very important part of it. And right. Some cases, even people from my job got, you know, laid off. I mean, but on the other hand, there too, all those people pretty much for the most part now have come back. So, right. And things are looking up in the industry in which I'm in. Yeah, well, you're absolutely correct. There were uh, a lot of work work from home positions that that opened up, and not everybody. I I see a lot of like the the conservatives and whatnot on my friends list on Facebook, posting uh, that nobody wants to go back to work because they're lazy and you know whatnot. But you're absolutely right. A lot of people took work from home positions. A lot of people left the uh, the fast food and the service industry. 
And then there are also the people that do indeed benefit from getting this unemployment because they're making more than they used to at their minimum wage job. And now for the first time, they've got a little tiny bit of security and can eat and maybe even stockpile a little tiny bit of savings for the first time in their life. So, yeah, they don't want to give that up and go back to their minimum wage job. Plus, an interesting thing that happened, like a my job, for example, is that everybody who had my job had to live in Pittsburgh. Okay. But for the first time now, they actually have people who are not in Pittsburgh because they can work from home. Oh, wow. So, one, it actually made it easier for them to find people, and two, find highly qualified people. And some of these people are from areas there in which the pay rate that they were offering maybe may not have been good for people in Pittsburgh, but been good for people in other states. Right. But a higher paying job. So, yeah, you know, there's those other kind of factors going on there, too. What's good also, too, now is, is that um, a certain city in New York, actually a borough, I guess, huh? Yeah. So uh, Manhattan is no longer going to uh, prosecute sex workers. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, over the last decade, this is what they've said. They've learned from those with the lived experience and from our own experience on the ground, criminally prosecuting prostitution does not make them safer and too often achieves the opposite result by further marginalizing vulnerable New Yorkers. This uh, was from the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. Um, the district attorney also announced approximately 6,000 prostitution-related open cases would be dismissed, including 900 cases dating back to the 1970s. Why? Why do those still exist now? Right? See, <laughs> anyway, the thing can, was there, too, yeah. is, is that um, transgender folks, especially transgender folks of color, mm -hmm. are more likely to engage in sex work. So oh, wow. the 2015 National Transgender Discrimination Survey found that nearly 11% of transgender Americans reported having participated in the sex trade, including almost 40% of black respondents and 33% of Latinos. Oh, wow. Reports said for many transgender people, the sex trade can offer greater autonomy and financial stability compared to more traditional workplaces with fewer barriers to entry. However, economic insecurity and material deprivation can increase one's vulnerability to harm and decrease the ability to make self-determined choices. And basically what that means there is, is that many of them turn to sex work because uh, facing rejection, yeah. discrimination, and harassment in the traditional workforce. Right. So basically they were trading, you know, being discriminated against there to basically breaking the law to make a living because they felt they had no other choice. Right. So what they're um, going to do now is, is that instead of prosecuting those arrests, they're going to provide services and support solely on a voluntary basis. Okay. So basically they also said here too, this is a relic from a different New York and a very real burden for the person who carries the conviction or bench warrant. Um, the news comes just months after the New York legislature repealed a law prohibiting loitering for the purpose of prostitution that critics say was disproportionately enforced against transgender women of color. Okay. Because basically what would happen is, is that people would go out in public, they would be dressed as how they identify. Yeah. And they basically would be end up being stalked by the police. Oh, wow. Basically then accused of doing sex work and thus arrested and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it, basically it was like walking while trans. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. If it were up to me, well, you know my thoughts on the issue. I I think that sex work should be legal, but I think that it should also be regulated. 
like uh, legal brothels with uh, with mandatory health checks. You know what I mean? Yeah, because here's the thing. You're not going to be able to legislate human behavior because as much right. as you would like to you know, tamp it out and get rid of it because of moral reasons. Right. People are still going to find a way to do those things. It's kind of like smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the war on drugs didn't work, you know? So why don't we tax it, make it legal? You know, it has many benefits. Yeah. There too. If it were to ever become legal, I would, I would go straight to the bank and get a loan and open up a brothel here in Pittsburgh. And I would have Stacy Lane's office. I, come in and and have an office right there in the building and everybody gets tested every day. There you go. It'd be wonderful. I'd be rich. Well, you'd probably be competing with like 900 other brothels that all of a sudden pop up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I don't know. I thought the same thing about dispensaries, but we've only got what, like two? I think there's, yeah, I think there's maybe only two, but... Yeah. You know, that's kind of a weird business, too, because the problem those businesses have is with the banks, because it's still not legal federally. Oh, gotcha. And when yeah. it comes to the banks, they have a problem banking. So uh, I think that's kind of um, tampered that down quite a bit. Gotcha. 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 So, um, yeah, we have another interesting story here. Uh, we had oh, talked, yeah, this is a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. And one of our moments of conclusion, we talked about that uh, LGP. LGBT free status uh, that that town in Poland had. Yeah. Yeah. So they were dubbed Europe's laughing stock. It's officially withdrawn its official homophobic status Mm -hmm. after Norway threatened to revoke a multi-million euro grant. We talked about that, actually. Yeah. The town's mayor rapidly realized the the action of the consequences, the millions of euros in the... uh, European Union grants at stake. Councillors have backtracked and voted the withdrawal of the anti-LGBTQ resolution to save their town. So they said, if we repeal this resolution, we have a better chance of obtaining external funds in the future. Well, no shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're talking about about 7.7 million euros that we're hoping to receive for development projects that was going to be threatened. Yeah. By this here, yeah. Also, too, they were also they were supposed to be the beneficiary of the uh, European Union's lucrative twinning program. But uh, whenever uh, the French counterpart caught wind of that, they yeah. suffered that in a protest there. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, well, I mean, up know, to $10 million they could have lost because of the fact. So, yeah. money speaks in this case here. And at least it's speaking in the right direction that, you know, don't be homophobic. Yeah, absolutely. And you promise as a town to combat homo propaganda then yeah you're gonna get some negative attention from the gays yeah and then they were whining that they weren't uh presented very sympathetically well you know <laughs> what whenever you pull shit like that nowadays it yeah ain't cool you know? yeah so. absolutely anyways uh, uh jason yes what time it is uh it's getting to be about a quarter to five right The not straight cast moment of conclusion. I'm surprised you're not acting shocked by this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm starting to get used to it. Yeah, right? I do always forget that it's coming up. Uh huh. Yeah. E- even though we have a script, I mean, it doesn't sound like we script this, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> I we always think go off script. But... Yeah, I always feel like there's gonna like we still have a couple stories left, but then. You know, we don't, and it's the moment of conclusion. So let's so let's moment of conclusion. Go ahead. Oh, this one is a doozy. Oh my okay. goodness. So 
So all hell broke loose when a conservative elected official in Kansas served as a substitute teacher at a high school in his district. So Kansas State Representative Mark Samsel basically ended up berating the teens all day, pleading with them to follow God, asking them about their masturbation habits, demanding that the children he's teaching make babies because it feels good, and claiming that a sophomore at the school is contemplating suicide because they have lesbian parents. What in the hell? How so is this April guy not thrown yeah. out halfway through the day? Continue. Yeah, the day of mayhem took place at Wellsville High School, a school about 225 in Wellsville, Kansas, on April 28th. So Wellsville is the area that uh, Samsel, an attorney by trade, has represented since 2019. So high school students began recording the videos of the lawmaker talking about suicide, sex, masturbation, God, and the Bible. The Kansas City Star reported. Um, Samsel started uh, ranting against LGBTQ parents, claiming that he knew that an unnamed sophomore at the school has tried killing himself three times because he has two parents and they're both females. He said he's a foster kid. His alternatives in life were having no parents or foster care parents who were gay. How do you think I'm going to feel if he commits suicide? Awful, Sam still lectured to a classroom of students. Damn. Yeah, then you use that moment to try to force the children to commit to procreating. He said, make babies. Who likes making babies? That feels good, doesn't it? He implored, procreate. He then asked some of the students about their masturbation habits. You haven't masturbated, he said. Don't answer that question. God already knows. Uh, yeah, basically, he was kind of real, trying to rail against suicide, but apparently went way off the rails to the Damn. point where, you know, he turned into, like, the good old preacher at the church, you know? So, but apparently, though, it kind of started getting a little bit physical. I guess he wasn't happy enough with just lecturing to these kids. Okay. So he got into a back and forth with one student facing off with a teen. As they paced around the classroom, talking back and forth, Samsel said, you're about ready to anger me and get the wrath of the God. Do you believe me when I tell you that God has been speaking to me? He then proceeded to push the student. The student ran away and tried to, tried to find refuge on the opposite side of the classroom. Um, there was another video where um, a student was on the floor. Apparently, right after Samsel used his knee to hit the student right in his groin. Did it hurt? Samsel asked the floored student. And then he said, class, you have permission to kick him in the balls. Wow. The student began grimacing and Samsel just tells him, go to the nurse. She can check it out for you. It being his private areas. That is, unless another student wanted to, Samsel offered. Do you want to check his nuts for him, please? Oh, God. And then it, wow. it keeps going on and on. In another video, yeah. Samsel appeared to grab another student from behind while explaining to him the distractions from the devil. Lifts the student up by his shirt and then elevated him off the ground. He said, you're not following, not my rules, God rules right now. You better take a Bible. I wish somebody would have taken a Bible and smacked Samsel across the face with it and been like, you know. Yeah. Holy shit. Anyways, um, he ended up getting arrested. We didn't even explain another third of what happened here. Wow. He said he planned this too. That was the worst part about it. Oh my God. The district superintendent, without acknowledging that the substitute teacher was Samsel, pledged that he'll never be hired again. Student safety has always been our first priority. Well, gee. <laughs> wow. I mean, when you have to send your substitute teacher to jail for battery? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then on top of this, too, he hasn't resigned, um, nor have his peers um, reprimanded him either. I'm like, 
I want to go Holy see these shit. videos. Yeah, I'm going to go look up these videos. I wish I could find them. I didn't I didn't see them out there, but I guess they're probably out there if you look hard enough. Yeah, that's crazy. I just crazy. read the story, and I'm like, I don't even need to see the videos. I don't want to see people getting kicked and yeah. screamed at by some lunatic, you know, QAnon lawmaker, you know? Oh, my God, that's crazy. It's just absolutely nuts. You know, I'm like, why would you do that, you know? Yeah, that's... I mean, any, you know, anybody straight or gay in their mind, you know, would know better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the more ridiculous stories that I've ever heard. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I mean, it's just I'm more and more thinking, yeah, we should start that uh, that uh, show that we were talking about. where complete straight nonsense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight madness. Straight madness. Yes. Yeah. So Joe and I had, uh, had joked around. uh Two episodes ago, there was the phrase straight madness. We should start a spinoff show where we just talk about the dumb things that straight people do. Well, until we start this show, you can visit this show <laughs> at not, uh, straightcast.com or you can subscribe to us. And we always joke, we're all great podcasts are sold. You know, they're all free. Basically, you can subscribe to us anywhere you can find podcasts. That is what we're trying to say here. Um, yep. We also have a uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. You can also join us on Patreon. You'll get early access to all our shows, and uh, you'll get bonus shows and more. Once again, that's at notstraightcast.com, and you can spell it with the eight, or you can just spell it the whole entire word. Either way, we'll get you there. And also, too, we still have that uh, merchandise offer going on. You get 15% off. 15% with all, the code Jason. All 15. Yes. <laughs> until the end of this month. So Fantastic. Anyways, this has been a fun show as always, and uh, we want to thank you very much for supporting and listening to us there. Yes, we love you. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.